After you've seen your patient in clinic or in hospital, they may be asked to rate their experience. But how good are these ratings and what can we actually learn from them? A new analysis published on bmj.com looks at different forms of measurement of patient experience and tries to answer some of those questions. Joining me today is Angela Coulter, a researcher at Oxford in University the UK, and long-time uh, well measurer of patient preference. There's a big preference. push now from the government um, to gather patient experience. Uh, we have the friends and family test, which is a sort of simple check, um, smiley face kind of thing. Um, what's going on there? What, what, where's this, this impetus coming from and where is it sort of leading to? What do they want to do? Well, I think it comes originally from the notion that um, patient experience is just as important as clinical effectiveness and patient safety. And we've had an emphasis for some years on trying to measure pa- clinical effectiveness and patient safety. Um, and the, uh, the the government, I think, felt that there wasn't enough emphasis on measuring patient experience. But that's despite the fact that we've actually had for 10 years the, the uh, um, first in the world mandatory system for, for doing patient surveys. So the friends and family test, which is based on um, a, a model that's used, I believe, quite successfully in the retail sector, which is the, called the net promoter score, which is a simple question. Um, they, they decided to adopt that simple question in the hope that that would galvanise greater interest in looking at how patients experience the quality of care. And do you think that decision came from a point of, um, you know, generally wanting to do this or perhaps a slight ignorance about what's actually going on and the best methods to, to do it? Yes, I, I'm, I've no doubt their motivation was was genuine and they genuinely did want the service to become more responsive to patients. But I think... Uh, jumping on this bandwagon of, uh, you know, simple questions asked I, in in the particular healthcare setting, or or very soon after people leave it, is is was not very well thought through, um, because we have actually got better measures of patients' experience um, that have been, as I say, a big database of of questionnaire responses covering all aspects of healthcare which um, has been built up rather carefully over more than 10 years. Um, there was, it seems there was a, a desperate search for a kind of simple solution because there was awareness that that was often being ignored by healthcare providers and particularly by clinicians. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure this simple solution is going to achieve better results. I mean, I, I do use things like... Uh TripAdvisor or whatever when I'm thinking about a restaurant or, or yeah. where to stay in a hotel. But what is wrong with that then for for patient experience to, to capture that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, if you're looking at where to, which hotel to stay in, there's only a small number of things that may be important to you and they're probably important to all of us. You know, the, is the bed comfortable? Is the room clean? That kind of thing. But of course, people's experience of healthcare is very much more complex than that. Um, and um, some people certainly do want to choose where to go for the best treatment, but um, simple measures really won't give them the information they need. Plus, you need uh, very well-conducted surveys, 
very carefully drawn samples um, in order to produce unbiased results. And we don't have that at the moment for the friends and family test. It's, it's uh, whoever wants to answer the question and the response rates from different uh, organizations are really very low so we may be getting you know they're, they're valuable in themselves these views but we're not necessarily getting a reliable picture of uh, the best place to have our hip done or, or to have our baby or whatever else uh, we're concerned about. Mm. I mean it reminds me of sort of patient safety movement and, and talks there about oh we can't have a checklist because patient uh, pathways patient experience is so individualized so is that is that sort of the similar yeah, problem i don't i don't completely agree that we can't do it i think we can do it but i think we have to do it really rather carefully um, okay. and we need to think very hard about what we're going to do with the data when we get it and and i'm much more concerned about the fact that even well conducted surveys tend to get ignored particularly um, in the clinical area, which of course is the most important area to patients. Um, mm. So so we hear from NHS England that um, people are using the friends and family test results to make um, small, and there may be important changes, but uh, they're usually things to do with, you know, things like getting Marmite on the menu or uh, having free parking spaces for people with cancer, that kind of thing. Important enough, but actually not what most patients say is their top priority, which is uh, the kind of relationship they have with the clinicians on the front line that they meet when they're using healthcare. Mm. And uh, it's those kinds of changes that are not really happening, where people say, you know, they want more information, they want more involvement in decisions about their care, they want uh, better support for self-care. Those are the things that patients say are priorities, and the friends and family test doesn't get at that. No. What should we be measuring then? How should we be, we be doing it? I think we need to have, um, I think we do need to look at new ways and indeed the, the sort of TripAdvisor styles uh, may be one of the ways forward, but we need to get better at doing that. Um, we need very detailed questions which are actionable, that produce actionable res results. So, so asking patients uh, not only to say, you know, what do they feel in general about a hospital, which is really doesn't take you very far, um, asking very specific things about um, what happened in their last episode of care, what should have happened and didn't, that kind of thing, that produces actionable results that people can do things with. Mm. Are there any examples where that actually happened, where some good outcomes have, have come from them? There are, and um, in um, our BMJ paper we, we cite some of them, where people have used the results of that kind of survey to make uh, really quite important changes. Um, but we also know that it's it doesn't just sort of fall out of the results. You really have to have a plan for what you're going to do with the results. We argue that it's unethical to ask patients to spend time filling out a questionnaire if you're not going to take any notice of what they mm. say. Um, and so even before uh, developing a survey, you really need to have somebody responsible for making sure that something happens at the end of it, thinking about how people are going to, the, the professional staff are going to access and understand the results. Have you got somebody who can analyse them? Uh, you know, what is your plan for following through? And that's the bit, that's the really important bit that's lacking at the moment in many organisations. Hmm. So it's almost like you would need a different survey potentially for each individual care pathway. 
Yes, I mean, there are there's some work going on at the moment in trying to um, monitor care across pathways. Because of course, many people, particularly people with multiple long-term conditions, use different um, forms of care. Mm. Um, and um, it, what you really want to understand is the whole of their experience, not just what was it like in hospital or what was it like at the GP. Um, but that, that hopefully those measures will come along. In the meantime, we do know a lot about what goes on in hospital and what goes wrong and what goes on in general practice and what doesn't work very well. Um, and so the, 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 the really key task is to do something with that knowledge um, change things and then see improvements, then resurvey and see improvements. Mm. Have you any idea about what kind of survey, you know, maybe big quantitative or, or smaller qualitative or, or whatever it is that would engage clinicians to actually make a difference in the way they, as an individual, would do care? Mm. Well, we know that um, some clinicians, um, you know, get turned off by statistics. Um, and so uh, stories, asking patients to tell their story, even videoing them telling their story, can be very effective, very good as a way of sort of engaging people, helping them to see things through the patient's eyes. Mm. Um, I actually think you need both, because you can't really use those stories to compare organisations or to see how your organisation your practice or your hospital or whatever is doing in comparison to anybody else's practice or hospital so you need both you need you need the statistical surveys which need to be as carefully designed as possible and you need um, the more richer uh, qualitative data the data that allows people to tell the story in their own words both can be very effective but again just putting the data there does isn't enough to stimulate change mm. So that's what what would be an, an ideal world. But at the moment, um, the NHS has friends and family, um, and it looks like that's probably going to carry on for a while yet. Is there anything that you could pull out of their use? Yes, I think you can. I think the, everything that I've said applies to that too. You know, if you're going to do the friends and family test, you need to have some plan of what you're going to do with the results. Um, it's more difficult to interpret because the basic question just asks, would you recommend this hospital or maternity unit or whatever it is to your friends and family? It's quite hard to interpret because some people don't understand the question. You know, people who've had, been in hospital after some sort of traumatic episode think, my goodness, I don't want my friends and family to go through what I've been through. Mm. So, you know, they, they interpret the, the question in a different way. But it's usually followed up with more detailed questions and uh, open-ended questions. So asking people to make suggestions for what could have been better. And that's, you know, that's very useful. But again, only if people have a commitment to doing something with it. Um, and then the, the national surveys that are run by the Care Quality Commission um, are an incredibly rich data set of, of um, and they cover inpatients and outpatients and emergency care and mental health and, um, and there's a cancer survey and there's a, a survey of bereaved people. We have, a, we have a really rich data set already. What worries me a bit about the friends and family test is that it's been imposed on top of all of that and um, at a time when the survey response rates, particularly to postal surveys, which mm. most of these are, are going down. So people are becoming, you know, we're seeing survey fatigue, I think. And um, and people are going, that survey fatigue is going to be an even bigger phenomenon if people feel they're always being asked these questions and nobody, nothing changes as, as a result. 
So I think we need more and better research in, in better, quicker ways of doing it. And those are probably going to be online, not, not paper and pencil. Um, but also we need to understand much more about how you, how you can stimulate changes using this data. How you can use this data to then re-monitor to see whether the changes you've made have made a difference to patients. Um, a, a much more active approach to quality improvement than sadly we see in many organisations at the moment. Yes, and it sounds like something that might be fairly new to medicine. I mean, is there yes. other industries that we should be learning from? Um, well, I actually think medicine in particular, doctors in particular, have um, often have have um, don't understand this approach. They're not trained in social science me- methods usually, and this comes from social science. And they um, also think that this is a bit sort of uh, touchy-feely, fluffy kind of stuff and doesn't really fit with the kind of hard science that they, um, you know, that it forms a large part of their training. I think they're wrong there. Um, There's actually quite a lot of evidence that patients who report better experiences also have better clinical outcomes. There's definitely an association between the two. So listening to patients uh, uh, say what would make them a better experience could actually make medical care more effective. That, I think, is the lesson that doctors have got to learn. Some of them know this very well, but um, many don't. And um, getting, and since, as I've argued, what patients really care about is the clinical care they receive and the relationship they have with the doctor or the nurse, uh, then we need measures of that that doctors and nurses themselves will take notice of and act upon and use to change their practice. That's the way forward. Angela, thank you very much. That was Angela Coulter from Oxford University and the article that we were discussing today is now available on bmj.com.